excited today. You go ahead and turn to First John chapter two, verse one. First John chapter two, verse one. Take notes, the uh, <coughs> title of this message is Advocate. <coughs> Advocate. <coughs> you see that image there? Um, what you don't see, I had to blow it up, but there's kind of, it's, a, it's, it's really in the court. It's a trial proceeding here. Um, you've probably got the Book of Life where it has every record of um, everything that you've ever did, including, it's got everything. And then you've got the law standing there before you, right? And then uh, you've got Jesus right there beside you. Um, that's what you see in that picture. So. <clears throat> Let us, uh, let's go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. As my little children, these things I have wrote, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the world. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, Lord, I pray that any heart here, God, who's struggling with sins, Father, struggling with the effects of this fallen world, struggling with the situations, God, Pray that you can just teach us today, Father, to guide our hearts to knowing that you are our advocate. You are our defender, God. We plead our case. And we can rest assured by having faith and trust in you. Help us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh. <coughs> Advocate. This word in the Greek is uh, 
interesting. It's close to comforter. Actually, the scriptures where it says, I will send you the comforter, it's the same Greek word. It's a parapetos, I believe, or parapetis. It does matter. But I, I, didn't, I didn't write that down. It just, it, it's very close, but this is the only, um, this, this, this paraclete definition is different um, in these sections of Scripture where others, it, it, it's close to comfort, uh, but here it, it's very clear that um, it's dealing with our sin, right? And so he has to advocate for us. Um, and this is needs be um, because we uh, were in a situation with God. If you did not know, um, Scripture says all have fallen and come in short of the glory of God. And so we uh, need an advocate. We need someone to represent us. We need someone. Why? Because crimes have come against us to God, right? You say, well, what crimes are those? Well, if you read those Ten Commandments, and if you've ever broken one, right, those are crimes against God that God will hold you accountable for, right? And so, just like in today's world, if you commit a crime, right, if you want to deal with that crime in the safest way possible, you get yourself, right, a lawyer, someone to represent you, you get yourself an advocate, okay? You get yourself someone who can plead your case to the judge. Someone, so to speak, that will get you off the hook. Regardless, if you're innocent or guilty, um, you've been charged. Um, in this case, God says we are all guilty and we all are charged. <clears throat> but I don't want to really focus on, it, it's a topic of the message, but I don't want to focus on it. Because I believe uh, most people know that if you come to Christ, He, <clears throat> he will... Uh, he will forgive you of these. He will, he will represent you. He will apply his blood. He will save you from this certain death, right? Because the crime, the punishment for this crime is death, right? Crimes against God, i.e. breaking the Ten Commandments. The wages is death. Jesus is wanting to represent you. And he's wanting to uh, free you from that death by faith and give you eternal life. It's very simple. It's very easy. It's not overcomplicated. Um, and that's, but the problem is after we're saved, right? After we start a relationship with the Lord and then we figure out this is a little more difficult than I thought this was going to be. Um, denying my, my, myself, living for Christ, dealing with sin, 
trying not to condemn myself if, I, if, if I'm struggling with an issue. And this is where these, these scriptures are so important. Because I guarantee you, most everybody in here um, is struggling or has struggled. Um, and you have to know that you have an advocate. You have to know that Jesus Christ is standing to represent you. You're not condemned. You're represented, right? What does our advocate do for us, right? What does Jesus do as our advocate? The first thing is he intercedes, right? He intercedes. Um, if you go to Isaiah 53, 12, it says, Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. So this is Jesus talking about our state, right? All of humanity in transgression. And yet he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressions, right? That means he's talking to God on our behalf. He's making intercession for us. This is huge to be confident in your faith. Because if you want, you have to be confident. Because if, you if, if you're not confident, then you'll be doubtful. I promise you. If you're not confident in the Lord, then you'll be doubtful. And if you're doubtful, he says you'll receive nothing. That's what he says. The doubtful man, the man who doubts, is unstable in all his ways. Do not think he will receive anything from the Lord. So how do we not doubt, but still live in our flesh? And sin and keep from doubting and press forward and forget those things which are behind the high calling of Christ. How, how do we keep doubt from entering into our mind when we live in a body of sin? Right? We probably sin without even realizing we're sinning sometimes because of how holy God is. Yeah. If you say, oh, I've got this Christian life figured it out, compare yourself to Jesus. Have you got that figured out yet? I sure don't, right? And so, how do we have confidence? We need confidence in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our situations. Well, we can be sure and confident, first and foremost, that he's interceding for us. Okay? He's speaking to God on our behalf. He's interceding a lot of times. When you hear that word today in the Christian world, it means someone's praying for you. They're approaching the throne of God for you. They're interceding for you. Jesus is interceding for us. Romans 8.33. Who shall... This is, this is good. Listen. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who shall charge you? Is what it's saying. 
It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died for you, yea, rather, that he is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. A lot of times you will charge yourself, or you will believe that the charges against you are sticking because you fall or you mess up, or you just can't get it right today. <laughs> but that's the wonderful thing about faith. It annuls all of it. And this mindset will plague you with doubt if you don't get rid of it. This mindset that my mistake today, God is holding it against me. He's not. And he won't. Because if you're in faith, if you're a believer, he is ever making intercession for you. It says, who can bring a charge against you? It doesn't say you're perfect. <laughs> but who can bring a charge against you? If Christ is dead, yea, rather risen, he's always making intercession for you. Don't charge yourself if God says, who can bring a charge against you? Yeah, you might have did something just dumb. Absolutely ridiculous. Immature. Right? Stupid, maybe. In the most accurate sense I could say. Right? Childish, foolish. You might have spoke out of turn out of turn or tune or <clears throat> you might have got overly angry or you might have just not met up to God's requirements. But who can bring a charge against God's elect? If it's asking the question and the answer is no one, then why do you charge yourself? Right? You have to learn to get over it and follow God. He is not holding these charges against you. Do not fill your mind with doubt because you feel like you can't measure up. You won't measure up. It says in our weakness God's strength is made perfect. Right in the midst of our weak human selves. Hebrews 7 24 But this man, because he continueth forever, speaking of Jesus, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Remember, you can't go any other way to God. There are not many ways to God. There is one way. It's by him, this Jesus, right? This unchangeable priesthood, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. That's the wonderful thing about Jesus. He's always interceding for you. You understand? Jesus is all, like, Jesus is in the flesh, right? He's perfectly glad he came in the flesh. He's ascended with a glorified body. Okay? But he's physical. He's not just a spirit. God is spirit, but guess what? God put on flesh through the Son. That's why he's begotten. 
He's only begotten because he put on flesh. He's always been, right? You can't separate the Son from the Father. He's always been. He was begotten because he put on flesh and was born of a virgin and came to this world and lived and was tempted in every way like he was and sinned not. Amen. Died for sin, rose again, and now he's seated on the right hand of God, praying for you always. And if he's always praying for you, that's good news. What can God do with you if he's always interceding for you? Seeing he ever lived to make intercession for us. Right? He's able to go to the uttermost, to the furthest extent to save. And after he's saved, he continues to intercede. And if he's interceding for you, all you have to do is just acknowledge that. God is praying for you today. God is going to the throne, is in the throne, is literally on the throne for you today. Who can be against you? Who can bring a charge against you? The next thing that an advocate does is he mediates. Right? He mediates. He is standing in between you and a God that if you had seen without the blood of Jesus, right, you will surely die. No one can see God and live is what scripture says. But now Jesus stands in the midst and is even able to give us the Spirit of God. Why? Because Jesus is mediating. Jesus is covering with his blood. Galatians 3, 19 through 22 says, Wherefore then serveth the law? It was... <clears throat> It was added because of transgressions, right? The law came because people were overly sinned. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is then the law against the promise of God? God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteous should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Right? You are all under sin. But by faith you can receive the promise if you believe. It is not by your works. You can't be good enough. In the eyes of the law, we do not measure up. You need a mediator to stand in between you and God. 1 Timothy 2, 3-6. For it is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. One mediated between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all 
to be testified in due time. He is able to save who will have all men, right? That's his will, that all men would come to the knowledge of faith and salvation. That all men would come to the court of God and face their charges. But that's what you have to do. See, many people try to come a different way. They try to go around the courtroom. But heaven is a court. And the law of God stands. The first thing you have to do is face your charges. Don't act like you're better than you are. Just look at God's law and say, I don't need up. I need someone. I'm going to need some help if I'm going to get out of these crimes. I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need someone to intercede. I'm going to need someone to mediate for me. Hebrews 8, 6. But now he hath obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Hebrews 9, 14 through 15. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Hebrews 12, 24 and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaketh Better things than that of Abel. He is mediating a new covenant. It is a new thing. It is a new way. The Old Testament says you will die by the law of God. Guaranteed. New Testament is that Jesus has made a new covenant in which you have to escape this law by faith. And if you do that, he is able to plead your case before God. This comes to the next thing that an advocate does. He pleads, right? He pleads your case. He pleads your cause. 1 Samuel 24 and 15 says, The Lord therefore be judge, the judge between me and thee, and see and plead my cause and deliver me out of thine hand. This is a conversation between David and Saul here. And Saul was trying to kill him. But David is assuring here that God will plead his cause. Psalms 119, 154. Plead my cause and deliver me. Quicken me according to thy word. Proverbs 
22, 23, for the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoiled them. Proverbs 23, 11, for the Redeemer is mighty. He shall plead their cause with me. Lamentations 3, 58, O Lord, thou hast pleaded the causes of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. And Micah 7, 9, I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Right? Remember I was talking about you have to face your charges in the courtroom. Until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me, he will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold righteousness. <coughs> If you want to walk into the light, if you want to behold his righteousness, you will need an advocate. Now, in all other cases, advocates usually always take. And by that, they take a sum, right? And usually it is the highest sum you can imagine. It is a terrible process to hire a good lawyer. I know it's just a lot of money they usually take. The difference in this court case is our advocate provides. Right? That's the difference. He's not wanting to take anything from you, but really your sins. That's what he wants to take. You want to give him something today? Is there, if there's some one thing he really wants to take from you, it's not your pocketbook. It's your sins. That's a wonderful exchange. When all other lawyers will take you arm and limb, whatever you got, our advocate wants to provide for us. And actually, uh, the first thing he's provided is a payment. The gospel is completely and utterly free. It is wonderful news that we can have a relationship with God free of charge. The basis of this is Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. First John two two. Here's this propitiation. Another word. Most people say substitute, but really, a, 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 an accurate image of this is payment. Right? What does propitiation mean? And he is the propitiation for our sins. He is the payment. And not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. We read that in the first verse. First John 4.10 says, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, or the payment. 
Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Second Corinthians five twenty one. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Right? Jesus had no sin. He became sin, is what this scripture says. Our payment that we owed, he said, I'll pay. I'll represent you. I will speak for you. I will do everything for you. And I will pay the cost that you owe. And he's doing all this to get you in right relationship. He's doing all this to bring you back to your original purpose. We're all put on this earth to give glory to God. By specific design as well. God designed us, created us to give Him glory in a specific way that is unique only to you. But you have to know that He is not holding charges against you. And you have to do that by faith. Because if you try by works, you will always get caught with charges. There is no work that is good enough for God. There's one thing that makes us <clears throat> reconciled to him and that's faith. And he's making this great exchange there. 521 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's this changing, right? But it's what he's doing. It's what he's done in our application of believing that. I love this, Colossians 2.14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which is contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. <clears throat> right? That's, that's everything against us. That's all the laws of God that we cannot keep. Jesus says, I'm taking it all out of the way, and I'm nailing it to the cross. He's choosing to pay what we owe. Titus 2.14 says, Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous for good works. So he's going to redeem us from all our iniquity. He's going to purify us for himself. He's going to make us peculiar. He's going to make us do good things. Not because uh, we are good, but because we love him. 
And it's just, it's just habitual. God is good and He's always doing good. When you become His son, you become like Him. You just go around wanting to help people for some crazy reason. <laughs> I mean, it always costs something. It costs time, money. You know, there's no logical reason. There's, there's no selfish reason to help anybody. I'll say that. Right? It, it, it's not about... It's a selfless reason is why we help people. And so there's no self-interest unless that person has something to want. <laughs> and you're just trying to, you know, get something. But for Christians, we help because God has helped us. It just overflows out of our being. First Peter 2, 24 says, Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, being dead to sin, should live un, uh, unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. He paid the payment for us. He was beaten and bruised for us. He died on the cross in our place. He paid the payment, right? So he provides payment. The second thing he provides is pardon. This is the best part. And this is the last part. Psalms 103.12. And this is how you have to start thinking. If you want to live without doubt, so your prayers will be answered. I promise you. So many times our prayers aren't answered because we just doubt. We doubt because of how we live. And we say, well, I'm just, I know myself, I know that I, I, I haven't met up in this expectation of this, so we begin to doubt. If God really hears us. This is what God thinks about your sin. Not because of what you're actively doing, but because of what His Son did once. Right? What Jesus did on the cross makes this the mind of God about your sin. And when you get this, when you put your faith in this, I've been, I, this song has just been in my heart, you know. When you, when you look upon the face of Jesus, the things of this world, they just begin to grow strangely dim. When you get how much God has forgiven you, how much He loves you, those sins that you so, uh, Scripture says, the sins that so easily besets you, they will begin to fall off of your life. God thinks about this. He's, he's providing a pardon and this is what he thinks, right? This is what the purchase um, has done for you in the eyes of God. Psalms 103.12 As far as the east is from the west, so he hath removed our transgressions from us. This is God's words. This is not... If you put your faith in Jesus, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, 
then you're going to go to that courtroom and you will not have an advocate. Jesus will not be your defense. He'll be your prosecutor. Yeah. Prosecutor. Say, so he's either going to be your defense or he's going to be your prosecutor. It's up to you to decide. I promise you, you don't want him to be your prosecutor. Because he says, I'm the only way. If you tried to do it any other way, by your works, by what you have to offer, he thought everybody was going to enter in. People come and they say, God, look what all I've done, even in your name. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. Jury, date, trial, over. Judgment made. He said, I came into the world because the world was condemned already. So I'm not coming to condemn it. It's already condemned. The law has already begun, has been given. I came to save that which was lost. But as believers, we have to know that if we put our faith in Jesus, we do not need to condemn ourselves. We need to strive to follow God. Because God thinks of our sin, as far as the east is from the west, it's removed. Because of what we've done? No. Because of the cross. Isaiah 1.18, come now, let us reason together. God wants to reason with you. Listen to this. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You hearing this? Though they are like this, they will be like this. And these are opposites. But what happened? The cross. The cross allows you to be filled with the Spirit of God. Allows you by faith to accept Jesus. When all prior to this, you had a debt you needed to pay with God. But you could not do it. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am the... He that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake. He's so good. He, he does it for his own sake because he wants to. For my own sake. And I will not remember thy sins. Jeremiah 31, 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them saith the Lord, I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sin no more. Jeremiah 33, 8. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity whereby they have sinned against me. I will pardon all their iniquities whereby they have sinned. And whereby they have trespassed against who? Right? It's against him. He says, I'll forgive it all. 
where they've trespassed against me. Micah 7, 18, I love this one. Who is God like unto thee? Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy and he will turn again. He will have compassion on us. He will subdue he. Listen to this. You can't do it. And you were never meant to. He will subdue our iniquities. And that will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Never dropped a rock in the lake. Never see that thing again. You can try that one, I doubt. That's what God did. The depths of the just he just dropped them. All charges dropped. Ephesians 1 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Colossians 1 13 and 14. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. And we'll come back to 1 John 2 12. I write unto you. Well, I guess we'll just come back to First John. I actually didn't read this one. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. Not for how well you can do. It's for His name's sake. It's good news. It's the gospel. And so, if he's forgiven you of his name's sake, you need to forgive yourself. You need to forget about your mistakes. You need to follow God. You need to talk about Jesus after you mess up. You need to go help somebody even though you're having a terrible day. You need to love people even though you're angry. Why? Because it's not about, it's not about what you can offer. He's not thinking about it. Why are you? If you came into this courtroom by faith, it's over. It's done. What did he say before he gave up the ghost on the cross? Well, he said two things. Father, forgive them. Right? They know not what they do. And then he said one last thing before he died. It is finished. Court is over. You're pardoned. You're forgiven. But you have to come by faith. Don't come with your own defense. Because he'll 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 stop being your defender and he'll start being your prosecutor. He'll say, Oh, you want to bring your own defense? You want to do this yourself? I will <laughs> I'll judge you. But he wants to pass all that judgment if you enter in by faith in what he did. If you recognize he's the one that's worthy. If you recognize he's the one that deserves the glory. If you recognize he's the Lord of your life. Then it's full pardon. It's full expungement. 
It's a full wiping of the record. Why is it so important that we know this? Well, this is why. There's also someone else in this courtroom. You might be very familiar with him. Some might be more familiar with him than uh, Jesus. If so, you can change that today. Let's go to uh, Revelations 12. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God Day and night. You wonder why Jesus needs to make intercession for you? Constantly? It's because you have an accuser accusing you day and night. Day and night. Day and night. He's not only accusing you to God. If he's talking to God, he's in your mind too. You can guarantee that. Day and night. Day and night. But this is good news. You don't have to accuse yourself. There's already someone trying to accuse you. Stop accusing yourself. Stop holding a charge against yourself. Stop believing that God is charging you. When scripture clearly says, as far as these disrealists, blot it out, removes. Though you be as scarlet, white as snow. That's how you have to believe. So that you won't have doubt that God will hear your prayers. Because all this accusation will always bring doubt. Am I good enough? Am I called? Am I really saved? I messed up or this or that or whatever the accuser can accuse you of. If you believe it, then it, so be it. If you believe it, so be it. That's how your life will be if you believe it. If you believe you're, you're charged with God, you will walk around and you will live like that. Condemned. But there is no more condemnation for those in Jesus. Go ahead and pull up the song. The last verse here is wonderful. Sometimes I fall. Mm. Oh, well, you know, I ain't even playing it. Listen here. He's cast down, which accused them before our God, day and night. Right? The accuser. And they overcame him. How? By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. Right? The blood of the Lamb. The word of their testimony. God's dismissed your court. Don't hold it against you. Why would you want a charge on your record if the judge says it's not there? 
Nobody would naturally do that. Oh yeah, I think I'll keep that charge. That'll be good. <laughs> no, if the judge says it's gone, you're praising the Lord. It's gone. It's gone. Live like it. Live like it. The accuser is cast out. We have overcome it. By the payment of the blood of the Lamb. The word of our testimony. What God's doing. He's purged. Praise God. He's taken care of it. Our job is to put our faith in Him. Trust Him. Father, we come to you now. Lord, deal with our hearts. Father, if there's any here that then needs to figure out what we're going to do in the court, the court of heaven, God, I pray they put their faith in you and have all their sins absolved by the blood. I ask you to come into every heart that needs you. Be able to walk in the power of your grace, by faith, God, and your forgiveness. Coming back soon, I know that. If you haven't made it right, make it right. If you haven't decided to follow God, follow God. We're going to have three get baptized today. Praise the Lord. That's obedience to God. That's what that is. I'm following God. I'm going to be obedient. Now, if you look at conversions in the New Testament, what keeps me from getting baptized? Nothing. Nothing. Here's the water. So join us. Uh, Outside of the pavilion, we're going to have three baptisms out there uh, as soon as they get ready and, and out there. So, love you guys, and you are dismissed.